Well, good morning. I hope you're having a good weekend. Maybe? Possibly? <laughs> when I was like five years old, I said to, uh, I think it was my mom, I said, uh, I never want to move out of the house and I want to live at home forever. Yeah. Of course, I was five years old. You cut me some slack here. Uh, but, uh, of course, it wasn't that long after that, only some years later, right, where I did grow up, I did get out of the house, and I did move on with my life, and my parents are very happy today for that, actually. <laughs> kids, kids who are listening, um, I'm glad your kids stay kids, don't grow up too fast, Okay? But if I still had that mindset, <laughs> if I still acted like a five-year-old, that would be a problem, wouldn't it? Yeah, some of you are like, oh yeah, preach it, yeah. You know, we all want progress in life, every single one of us. We, we don't want to be the same person we were 20 years ago today and we don't want to be the same person in 20 years or 10 years or one year that we are today. Am I right? We're starting a new sermon series in First and Second Timothy and we're going to be speaking about this theme, maturity, specifically spiritual maturity. I'm excited to get into things. Today though, I want to talk about how we measure maturity. The new series is called Moving On, as in moving on to maturity. I'm going to start with this. If you want to measure length, you can use a ruler or a tape measure, that sort of thing, or, or a caliper. You know what I'm talking about, a caliper? Something that encloses, you can, you can measure like circumference and that sort of thing. Kind of fun to use. If you want to measure time intervals, you can use a, what, a clock. You could use your phone. You can use a stopwatch. If you want to measure ingredients, you can use what? There you go. Measuring cups, spoons, that sort of thing. If you want to measure weight, you can use a what? A scale. You guys are good. Actually, some of you are asleep, but most of you are good. If you want to measure sound, you can use a decibel meter. We have one in here. It's actually being used as we speak. No kidding, we actually use it. How about if we want to measure spiritual growth? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I want to read this for you because this is where we're going to begin. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. But then this is what it says in the Passion Translation. It will empower you by its instruction and its correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into paths of godliness. Anyone want that in their life? To go deeper? I pray it's the desire of any and all believers. But then it says this in verse 17. Then you will be God's servant, and here's the word, fully mature fully mature and perfectly prepared 
to fulfill any assignment God gives you. If you had to, uh, if you had to rate yourself on a scale of one to ten, where you're at spiritually speaking in your life today, where your spiritual maturity is right here and right now, if you had to put yourself, not not your spouse, not your friend, not the person sitting next to you, you, where would you put yourself on a scale of one to ten? I need to think about that for a second. Because I'll bet some of you are thinking, well, I'm in church, so I'm pretty spiritually mature. (laughs) I made it to the live stream. I'm doing pretty good today. I I have a streak going on devotions, and my phone even reminded me. You know, there's an app that will remind you to do your devotions and even give you your devotions and then remind you if you're not doing your devotions. And they'll even tell you if you got a streak going. I'm serious. It's in moments like that that we feel pretty good about ourselves. I'm getting stronger. Of course, the opposite is true too. When we have a tough week, when we neglect the Word, when when we do something dishonest, when we treat those around us poorly when we don't show up to the things we should show up to, then we begin to think to ourselves, I guess I'm not the person I thought I was. How do we measure spiritual growth? We all have a tendency to base our view of spiritual maturity on the things we've done. On the things we've done. Or on the things we haven't done. The problem with measuring our spiritual maturity by our performance or our feelings for that matter, or by popular opinion, is that it's not always accurate. It's constantly changing. And the Bible is clear that we cannot manipulate God's love or earn our way to salvation or Therefore, deeper relationship with Him. We call it sanctification. So if our salvation and sanctification come from the work of Christ, as I hope and pray we preach each week, then then how do we measure it? I want to focus today on establishing some parameters for how we measure growth and maturity. And I want to do that by taking you to our theme verse for the series in First and Second Timothy. It's found in First Timothy 1. Five, you can follow along with me. Just one short verse. 1 Timothy 1.5. I'm going to read that for us as we, as we deliberate over it. 1 Timothy 1.5, it says this. You ready? The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience, and a sincere faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. He says, 
the Apostle Paul to his young protege Timothy. I'm, I'm writing, he says, with the goal in mind that there would be genuine love from a selfless heart that results in genuine real faith in Jesus. Isn't that where we're headed in this process called growth, just by show of hands? Isn't that where we're headed? I, I think it is. I, I think that's where we're headed. I pray it's where we're headed. This is first a response to, to false teaching in the church at Ephesus. Paul is instructing Timothy to go to Ephesus, a church that they both planted together. And rebuke false teaching that was dividing and corrupting the fellowship. But he needed Timothy to understand, and we too to understand, that the end game here is love that results in authentic faith. It's like he's saying, this isn't some personal agenda that I have against these who you are going to rebuke. It's just that if you continue down this path, it will result in destruction. There will be no growth there. In fact, at some point, it will just all fall apart. We love and care for this fellowship, and we hope and pray for growth and understanding and flourishing, for them to be strong and faithful and authentic. And that's, of course, our prayer for Emmaus and the communities that we have together in Christ. Look at this first part. 1 Timothy 1.5. Look at this first part. It says, love that issues from a pure heart. Anytime you see love and pure heart together, I want us to think gospel. Okay? Gospel. The other day I was talking with someone and we were, we were, we were talking about some Deeper things, I guess. And This particular person said this. For so many years, I, I thought that if I could just try harder to love those in my life, if I, just, if I just put certain disciplines into my life, then I would really, really love them the way I should love them. But, but I began to understand and realize, after years and years of struggle, that until I began to realize what Christ had done for me, I could not love my neighbor as myself. I could not love my children the way I desire to love them. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Until I realized what Christ had done for me and what He is doing in my heart, I could not love. Why is that? Well, because anyone can love on the outside. Anyone can put up a face. Anyone can be kind. You don't need Jesus to love outwardly. Yet true love comes from within. Anyone can put up appearances. But to truly love comes from within. Ephesians 4, 14 and 15. I want you to see this progression of of maturity here in this text. Ephesians 4, 14-15. Don't always love to go to too many texts. I want to preach the text that I'm preaching. But today we're going we're gonna to look at a lot of verses. Ephesians 4, 14. So that we may no longer be children. And again, kids, glad you're kids. But when it's time to grow up, it's time to grow up. So that we may no longer be children 
And what happens here? Tossed to and fro by the waves and, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness. By craftiness. And deceitful schemes. You see the progression there. Rather, it says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto Him who is the head. What does it say? What does it say? Into Christ. Into Christ. Moving on from childhood. It's an illustration. From immaturity to maturity. Moving on from beliefs and opinions and well-formed arguments that have the appearance of goodness and godliness. They, they seem right at first. Like political advertisement that pulls on your emotions. Oh yeah, that, that seems right at first. But then you think about it for five minutes or ten minutes or a year. And you begin to go, wait a second. That was crafty. What is the key to no longer being manipulated and fooled and deceived by crafty lies? Growing up, it says, in every way into Christ. This can only be experienced as the gospel is being rooted and established in our lives. That's the only way. How do we measure spiritual maturity? By, by being rooted and, and established in the gospel. I'm afraid the term love has been hijacked lately in our world. And boy, we have a world that wants to conform it. Love that is. To mean something that is selfish, self-seeking, self-centered. Contingent upon what I want or what I feel or I desire. But, but that's actually, if we really pause and stop and think, that's actually the opposite of what true love is. Because if I want something and I'm not getting it and I make someone do it for me, that's not love, Right? Right, just so we're clear, that, that's not love. To make someone do something, just as one example. Greater love has no one than this. You know, you know the verse? Greater love has no one than this, than he, Jesus, would lay down his life for a friend. That, that yes, we too would walk in that same kind of love that we would give Everything for another. That can only come from Christ. True maturity can be measured by the love of Christ within us. This is the fruit of the Spirit. There's actually a long list of fruits of the Spirit, but it's actually the fruit of the Spirit. We get this wrong often. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then there's this long list. And really what it's saying is the fruit of the Spirit is love and it results in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Right? That's love. That's what love looks like. That can only come from Christ. Philippians 1.6 saying, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. He, he being Christ. I think we've established this enough that there really is no maturity without the gospel taking root. Right? 
And, and that's where we must find ourselves, church. That is the, the foundation of all that we do. Right? We can't even be obedient without Christ's work in our lives in that sense. Moving on. Did you see what I did there? Moving on. Okay, something, yeah. The second part of this phrase in 1 Timothy 1.5, if you notice, is genuine authenticity, excuse me, or genuine faith. Here's a sign of maturity. You're moving towards authenticity. That is authentic faith, and we can even use the word, it's a scary one, are you ready? Transparency. As you're becoming, for example, the same person you are in church as you are at home. That's actually what maturity is or spiritual growth. You're becoming the same person you are when you're alone as when you're in public. I think it goes without saying, but I would say this is probably one of the greatest struggles we will all have at any time in life. Authenticity in this sense. We all struggle with putting up appearances. The world struggles with putting up with appearances. You see this term good conscience in 1 Timothy 1.5. It means in part moral awareness of our thoughts and actions. A person who loves with a good conscience not only is at peace in their heart and is comfortable being in their own skin, so to speak, They're also a person who is living not in the guilt and shame of their past, but comfortable to be transparent. For they see their sin, admit their guilt, that's humility. And they're comfortable being transparent, using what God has allowed in their lives, what they have gone through for the glory of His kingdom. Do you see where I'm going with that? Are you comfortable in your own skin? That could be for a very... Many reasons, many, many reasons. But one just might be that we're putting up appearances. Let me just say this. When you have nothing to hide, it's probably because you've moved on. See what I, see what I did there? Moved on from it and are willing to allow your struggles to be an example for God's glory. We're always going in this direction, but I pray every day, pray every day, that we are not the same we used to be in this. Which, uh, I guess, brings us to another aspect of authentic and sincere faith. And that is, thirdly, being transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like new thinking. Like change of mind. You know, a big part of growth and maturity comes from new thinking. Not worldly progressivism. But what Romans 12.2 says. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. A sign of maturity can be seen in the way we handle hardship, for example. We see that here in Romans. Also, how we handle blessing. 
But let's focus on this thought renewing of our mind here. Here's a question for you. Are, are you becoming more like Jesus? Or are you trying to get Jesus to become more like you? Do you think more like Jesus today? Or do you want Jesus to think like you? There are entire church bodies that have attempted to rewrite orthodoxy because they truly believe that the only way to keep the church open and growing in today's culture is by compromising and crafting Jesus around our way of thinking. But believe me, if you take Jesus, and I'm talking about the Jesus of the Bible out of the church, you will no longer be the church. And when that day comes, there will be no more growth. For you can't take the power, the only power that we have out of the church and expect the change to grow, to progress in a biblical way. In Jesus' name is the only power we possess. And only in Jesus' name will we grow, church. But I'm asking you. I'm not, I'm not actually talking about the church down the road or the church on the other side of the world. How about you? To be transformed by the renewal of your mind is to apply what is taught or live it out. and Live out what we know. The Apostle Paul in chapter 12 is actually transitioning the text from theological teaching to practical application. He's really saying it begins with the, the, the mind, the, the way you think. And this transformation is the first step to obedience to the Word. There is no maturity without the Word and its transformation in our lives. In fact, this is a big part of what it means to repent, that we'd have a change of mind, that we'd turn from our ways and our ways of thinking, and, and we would follow after Christ. This and so much more is where we begin this study in First and Second Timothy. A really shocking letter that is very countercultural. A set of letters, the second being the last that the Apostle Paul will ever write while he is here on earth. And you can see it in the tense and the, the mood of what he is writing. That he is giving to Timothy and to the church his kind of final charges and challenges. For without growth and progress in that standpoint, without change in their hearts, they're not going to be strong enough to overcome what was ahead for them, and the same is true for us. Why maturity? Why would we be talking about that today? Because whatever is ahead, we need to be prepared for. Wouldn't you agree? And if we're not already prepared, boy, that could be a devastating end. I want you to consider where you are at today. I want, I want to consider where I'm, I'm at today. And, and rather just base where I'm at spiritually speaking on my own emotions or my own, my, my own actions. I want it to be based. I want, want it to begin with a foundation. Or I want it to have parameters that are based in the gospel. 
Understanding what that means in genuine, authentic faith. And I want to apply it to what we're learning so that we are not only, we talked about it last week, hearers of the word, not hearers only, but that we are doers. Not because of the disciplines that we enforce upon ourselves, but because of what Christ has done within us, our only hope, our only power. So speaking more personally in closing, where are you at? As we go to the Word, the only place to truly measure true spirituality. I mean, I've never met a person in the world that doesn't think they're spiritual. But what kind of spiritual are we talking about? God's Word gives us the foundation and the truth we need to understand and measure spirituality according to what is right and true. And as we grow and understand what God is calling each and every one of us to, we will grow closer and more in conformity to Him and Him alone. Would you pray with me, Heavenly Father, so grateful for Your Word and as we're just unpacking this new series, we ask you to, to give us a hunger and a, and a thirst for, for new things and for, for, and for change in our lives and, and, and for application to what you're calling us to do and, and, and a hunger to, to get into your word. But may it not just, may this not be the end game, but, but may it just be the start of what you're doing in and through us and through our church. And so we just pray, Lord, your blessing on it all and on our morning, Lord. And if there is anyone here who has never received you, Jesus, we just pray uh, that uh, even in a moment's time here, they would just pause and stop and reflect and receive your word in their hearts, you, Jesus Christ. And if there is anyone here who is looking for renewal, desperately hoping for a change of heart in their lives, we pray that they would look no further than to the Word of God here that we have just heard and has been spoken of and turn their attention to You, Lord Jesus, and receive the good news that You have died on their behalf. And that you can come in and transform anything in our lives. That Jesus, you are the way and the truth. And that we can know you and have relationship with you. And as we begin this journey, we can grow deeper and deeper and more in love with you. We pray that for each and every one of us here today, asking your blessing on our morning and all that is ahead. Amen. Amen.